One Broke Actress podcast, an honest account of working actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, bringing you episode freaking 11 of this season. We're in the home stretch of this season, guys, but um, don't fear because there's going to be bonus episodes after this and I already have some things in store for you. So don't fret, you have not seen the last of me yet. That rhymed. I'm not going to go back because I'm very tired and this is what it is today. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to give a special shout out to everyone who dropped a review in the last two weeks. Uh, We're getting up there and it's pretty exciting. The podcast has really taken off this season and I couldn't have done it without all of you guys sharing it on your Instagrams and your socials and telling your friends about it and rating and reviewing it, subscribing, all that stuff. It just makes the biggest difference and I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been along for it this season so far. Caveat for this episode, something is happening on Zoom every once in a while where it changes my audio files to sound like they're coming through some sort of tunnel. The audio on this is not great. It sounds like a little old-timey radio. This has happened to episodes before. I'm trying to find a new sound program that works for editing podcasts with music. If anybody has recommendations, you can drop them on my Instagram at OneBrokeActress. I would really appreciate it because I don't know if this uh, sound studio program is cutting it much longer. So thank you in advance for dealing with today's audio. Let's get into this episode. Today's guest is Marissa Hampton. I have known Marissa for years now since she lived in LA and now she is based in Atlanta. She goes back and forth and today she kind of tells us what that back and forth cross-country life is like. She is also the most organized woman I have ever met. And she is going to give us a full breakdown of her productivity flow. Because not only is she a working actress, who shares with us, by the way, her story of booking her role on The Watchmen. That's right, she was on that freaking awesome show, and she nails it. Uh, She shares with us that story and that aspect of her life, but she also keeps a full-time job working at an acting studio. So she tells us why she chooses to keep working as much as she does, how she handles that job, along with her acting job, along with her position as a coach at Sarah Mornell Studios in Atlanta. You guys have probably talked to her if you've ever been involved with Sarah Mornell. And if you guys remember either of Sarah's episodes, she talks about her choice to move to Atlanta to become a coach, and Marissa was right behind her. So she also tells us how her style changed in her acting, not only as she changed markets, but as she grew as a person. And lastly, we hit on how she takes breaks and unwinds and advice from someone who works on the back end of an acting studio and coaching business. You do not want to miss this one. Without further ado, please enjoy Marissa Hampton. Since we are three days out from the 2020 version of Thanksgiving, I would love if you could give me a vibe of how Atlanta feels right now. Um, you know, it's, it's been kind of crazy. It's like, I've been so grateful. I like started quarantine in LA with my family. Well, really you did? County. Yes. So I did like the California side of things. And then I was right. like, my home has been empty. I need to get my life together. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and I did. And like, I came back and it was like, Atlanta was like, we're going to audition. We're going to work. We're going to wow. hustle. And um, I was back in Atlanta and within, I think like a week and a half, I was on set and working. Um, That's awesome. Wonderful. Amazing. But it was like such a crazy juxtaposition to like, you know, we cannot work because of a pandemic. So it was like yes, such a weird switch. still how it feels here. It feels yes. like, and even when we are working, it's like in hazmat suits. And I will be honest, at one point I was like, I have no idea what anyone on set looks like because we are being very safe and have masks on. That's good. <laughs> so, That's yeah. good. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Atlanta feels like, um, feels a little bit like back to business. I wouldn't say the volume is the same as it's been, but I would say like Atlanta feels like it's like just plugging along. So it's such a weird dichotomy to sort of like have <laughs> both things wow. happening. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to pretend like I'm not jealous. <laughs> It's I remember, funny. Queen of LA, like, I, same thing. Like, I love Atlanta actors who are like, oh, it's slow. And I'm like, I am very used to, like, one audition in, like, months. A month. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so funny. Well, let's talk about that, because you moved to Atlanta now, is it five years ago? It's only three. It's okay. only three. Um, and I, like, and I'll be honest, like, the only reason I, like, the pandemic really slowed me down, but I was actually doing, like, three weeks there and three weeks in LA, three weeks there, wow. three weeks back. So I got um, really great at hopping on a plane in a moment's notice. Um, but and why did you choose to do that? Were you auditioning in both areas or was it for family? No, Sarah um, Mornell, Mornell Studios moved there, who you've had on your podcast and you know. Um, she moved there and I was like, I'm not moving. <laughs> I was like, I will work remotely. <laughs> um, and I worked East Coast hours in LA for a year. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, and it was fine. But then we had another actress um, friend of mine move there, and someone else moved there, and they just were auditioning and really getting shots that, like, in LA, you know, I just wasn't getting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm the queen of, like, okay, if I can make it work, can I do it? Um, and I'm basically sort of originally from Indiana. So I was like, can't be that much different. Right. I was wrong. But I was like, sure. So like I did like one week of looking for like apartments or like some sort of like crash pad situation and then just sort of did it. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. I mean, you have a unique story because you did get to come to Atlanta with a job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is nice. Um, but when you made the switch, I have had a lot of Atlanta actors on this season, which I'm pumped about. Um, I love all of them, first of all. <laughs> it sounds like it's good people. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were some major differences or anything that really surprised you about changing markets like that? Um, I had gotten really involved in improv in LA and was like hustling and like working from there. And my job opportunities in LA were coming from that. When I moved to Atlanta, um, they have it and it was there, but I like wasn't ready to join that. But then they were so welcoming. Like it was such a strange, like almost small community of folks who just were like, hey, welcome. <laughs> it was just, it was kind of mind boggling. And then also in terms of like casting, it's just a smaller pool of folks that you need mm-hmm. to get to know. And it really felt like in Atlanta, a lot of casting was so quick to take a shot on me that like, I just had never experienced before. Wow. Do you think being an actor from LA with LA credits was helpful in that process? I think it was helpful, but I still think there was a sense of, um, 
not wanting to get burned, you know, with LA actors who were like, yes, I'm available for LA, or excuse me, Atlanta work, but I'm not really there. And then they couldn't make it and then stuff would fall through. So there was a little bit of like trepidation of sort of, so I think it's like a double-edged sword. They're like, ooh, you're from LA. Ooh, you're from LA. Um, right. Are you yes. going to be here for us? Yes. And there is sort of this mutual respect for the Atlanta acting community and mm -hmm. Atlanta casting directors wanting to get, or excuse me, Southeast casting directors in general. So let me throw in New Orleans and the like. Yeah. Um, who want to give Southeast talent a shot. And honestly, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. were, were you able to find reps and everything pretty well over there? Yeah, I got lucky and signed with a great team when I got there. And I loved it. And just sort of, you know, it's a little different. Like in Atlanta, um, the projects are going to differ. The role size was going to differ a little bit. And I just had to, it was a, I thought I had gotten pretty good at knowing the like mechanics of the business. And <laughs> <laughs> it was like, hey girl, new market, relearn everything. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Was that hard to compromise? Because you worked so hard in LA, right? To um, get the credits you did and to get established in the way you did. I think a lot of actors are thinking about this move, especially because we're, you know, by the time this airs, we're going to be hopefully on the cusp of coming out of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, was it hard to swallow a little pride and go back to a ground zero almost? I'll be honest. No. Um, I was really, really like, this sounds so trite, but like hashtag blast. <laughs> in LA to have like a badass manager who was getting me in the room for stuff you know when they can um that was great but then I was coming up against that like they have 10 million credits and you have three right. um <laughs> so for me like Atlanta was like build your resume like you need you need to um so I sort of like kind of swelled my pride and was like I will take you know would you like some coffee <laughs> you know and I like I was starting to feel sometimes in LA I was like I'm doing all of the actions of being an actor but I, I still feel like you know generating my own content performing sketch mm -hmm. comedy I was like I just really 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 want to be auditioning more and working so I sort of was pretty open awesome when you booked your first job in Atlanta can you tell us a little bit about it sure I was on the phone with my boss and <laughs> Who's the most supportive person of your acting career? <laughs> she was like, did you pass out? And I was like, no, hold on. She was like, what actor said something mean to you? And I was like, nobody. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, into, we'll get into your job specifics in a bit. <laughs> yeah. But it was like dead silence on the phone because I like got an email. And then in the span of another, I had booked another job in the same 10 seconds. It was like two bookings had come through at once. Shut the fuck up. No, you didn't. I did. And that was, was your first booking in Atlanta was two in a row in the same 10 minutes span. Yes. And it was sort of um, mind boggling just because like, you know, that just that seemed impossible and not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it was just also sort of another testament to like Atlanta's like, you want to work? Let's work. Um, Amazing. So yeah, I, it was kind of great. It was like, again, what we talked about, like, are you going to make that compromise? Because it was definitely like no name sort of co-star. And then the next thing was like, not that. So it was great. Cool. Cool. Let's get into a little specifics about your day to day, because yeah. knowing that you are, that you were able to switch markets successfully and you're constantly still working. 
Um, I mean, I feel like we're all in a mental battle of whether we're actually working or not, or whether like that was the last one. (laughs) I can see it in your eyes when I say it out loud that you're constantly working after the adopted. I mean, yes. Was there a moment, was, was there a moment though that you were like, oh, like this is working? Yes. Um, in 2019, so last year mm-hmm. I got like, I just like all of the relationships I had built in Atlanta, every sort of thing was clicking. And I had a moment where I like, it, it, something happened like that, where it was like, um, I auditioned for something. There's a casting director in Atlanta who has let, who has like my back, like just bringing me in for like thing after thing after thing after mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I auditioned for something and she was like, no, but do you want this role? And like, that never happened to me before in my life. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I would say that this is working. Is this working? So, yeah. Yeah. Was there a way that you went about, uh, meeting people and networking and building your contacts in Atlanta that was different than when you were probably way younger in LA? Mm Mm-hmm. In LA, I was hyper uptight about um, saying the wrong thing, uh, always sort of seeming very like easy to work with and just sort of hyper positive and whatever. Um, mm. In the off, like Atlanta's like pre-pandemic where we're all learning to tape much more, Atlanta was heavily taped. Um, but in certain instances, there's two casting directors, Chase and Tara, who do like Twitter lunch where they'll come out and show each other in person and greet actors and all that. You know, I'm just at a point now where I'm just like really relaxed. I'm like, either you like me or you don't. Like, you're going to get this. This is it. Um, Do you think that just comes with age? I think like it must. But then there's also this, um, I think at least for me, I was like, okay, especially because I was self-taping so much more in Atlanta. I was like watching takes and I was like, I give Marissa energy and whatever you audition me in. So either you like Marissa energy or like you don't. And that's just sort of what I have seen works. Um, I'm so grateful to Megan Lewis at RPM Casting in Atlanta because I, I swear to God, I came into an audition and like we did this whole like weeping scene. It was for Watchmen and I'm like hysterically crying. <laughs> the director's in the room and I'm just like losing it. And then we finished and I was just sort of like, just done. I was like, I'm emotionally spent. I'm sort of done. And they both wanted to chat and they're like, so tell us about yourself. And I was like, well, I'm actually a comedian. And just like totally dismissing them, like about to walk out of the room. And they're like, no, we need to go back and like talk about this. Whereas in my my like 20s and like like, early, like especially because I came to school in California. So I was auditioning Mm -hmm. like at like 18, like coming to LA being like, oh my God. Love me. Love me. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, oh my God, let me tell you why I'm such a proven. And like, I was like, cool guys. Like, this is what I got. I, I just not come down my face. I got to go. So you were a real person. You're telling me. Yeah. Being a real person. And I just, I don't think I really did that until Atlanta. And when that audition, was that the Watchmen that, that was what you booked? Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell people what that role was? Yeah. Um, I, Cause that was the I'm, best show I think I've ever seen. That was like such a weird, you know, that moment you're an actor and you're like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's happening. If you were only given a few pages of that show, I cannot imagine that you would have any idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> like, like, I'm talking like a thimble full of any sort of idea. And I'm a, I'm a, like a full on comic book nerd, mm-hmm. love all of that stuff. So that's like down my like rabbit hole of interest. 
and I knew that it was sort of a period piece, or, but then I was like, maybe I'm thinking it's the wrong show. Like all my actor instincts felt really off base. And it's one of the few times in Atlanta where I get to go in the room, which is at Megan Lewis's office. Mm. And I like wore something to suggest period. And I just was like, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> cry and cry and cry. And I'm and that's like, um, I think that's one of my like actor reaches and sometimes when I'm like really trying to access vulnerability well. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And just sort of like we went in, we did it, and Megan Lewis was pretty honest and she's like, Okay, <laughs> that's enough, that's great. <laughs> and it was really fun. And then I came back um, and Stephen Williams is the director and he's incredible, to be honest, like absolutely incredible mm. and knew exactly what he wanted um, and didn't ask for much. And I did it, I came back for a callback with him and Megan and I was doing it. And again, like I stopped, it's not all of my things. <laughs> I'm like stuttering through it because it's pretty emotional. You're supposed to have killed, you know, your partner because of like mind control. And it, they both just were sort of like, well, that is it. Um, no one can offer you a job in the room, but that's it. And it was such a marvelous experience of like people being like, you did the work, you figured it out and you know, you get to set and they're like, by the way, it is set in like, you know, the Tulsa massacre is what's happening. And like, you were completely right. It is period. And like your instincts are correct on this. And I don't know. I feel like as after so many times we are given like such like tiny bit of context and we have to make big swings. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do and you're rewarded because you were spot on like it's just it's cool so that was a really great experience and like everyone from top to bottom on Watchmen was a delight so oh, what a dream that makes me so happy for you <laughs> I'm so excited I like when they won the Emmy for the episode I was like I'm so proud and I like just cry and snap through it <laughs> nobody cares for that yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Oh my God. I would be like, I basically won an Emmy. That's how I would feel about that. If that was me, I'm just saying like, I think you could add it to your Instagram bio if you're on the fence. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I'd like the endorsement. I'll think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Something to consider. Um, you are so hardworking and organized and everyone who knows you or works with you knows that. And I think that it's one, it makes me really happy that it's really paying off for you career wise because you deserve every minute of it. Um, but two, how do you handle it? Because let's talk about how you have a full-time job and yet you're in this like fully auditioning, going wild in Atlanta kind of phase. Um, going wild in quarantine, I guess. <laughs> going wild in my, you know, like what, thousand square feet. Um, <laughs> if that's 880, let's be correct. Um, yeah, I... I, like I'll be super honest like I am like I have the planner next to me like mm-hmm. that is my thing so like my entire life is like written between a planner a google calendar um the studio calendar and like every single person who works for us their coaching like all of that is like with, yeah it's within my brain for sure um but I have gotten very like militant about like write it all down I am the queen of like 15 different scheduling apps I sort of had um I've always loved order, like I'm an order person. And I would say um, knowing the pace of TV and film, because I've worked so often as an assistant and like that was my job when I first got to LA, it was like being people's personal assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, the speed that we move is actually really incredible as an industry, to be honest. So 
just like getting used to the pacing and the hustle has been great. I, there is never a day where I'm not waking up and checking my phone to make sure that everything that is like happened or scheduled for the day is happening. Um, and anyone can tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm a, I'm a digital planner and I'm a pen and paper type of planner. And I think people think that that's like a little hokey and don't mind like 2020 is definitely like blown my 2020 planner to bits of usefulness yeah did you have to put white out over some plans because I definitely everything. Did. everything everything I booked a movie and they like the dates kept moving moving, moving. and then it was like by the way we we no longer need you and I was like let me just cry this right. is the Oh God, that happened to me twice. I know exactly how you feel. It's like, uh, and but a part of you is like, should I just leave it there so I remember that I technically booked it? Yeah, but I had a win. I had yeah. a win. It was there. still counts. It still yeah. counts. How yeah. do you? What are your specifics like? So I'm. I love a detail of this kind of stuff because yeah. I also live on Google Calendar and yeah. I'm considering getting a planner for next year. And I know that you know the people who aren't into this should probably turn this podcast off now because. I want to know specifics of how okay. you keep in what area. Absolutely. Let's, let's do that. I like details. Yeah. Too. This is for all um, my type A actors, which is the vast majority of you. Yes. So during the day, especially during the workday and for anyone else who's working from home, I do productivity timers and I'll do um, 40 minutes on 20 minutes off mm-hmm. because my brain can't do it. Um, anyone who works with me will tell you like, I'm going like, if you think I'm not, I'm done. I'm going <laughs> like, I'm, going so I do 40 minutes on 20 minutes off and that 20 minutes off doesn't mean that I'm like taking a break or like scrolling social media it means that I'm sort of doing passive work just to sort of block through my day um and I have like legitimate actual timers that go off just because I have found that for me focus sort of wanes I have a lot of sort of incoming stuff that suddenly is important and I was just losing track and getting behind in the wave of things that's not to say that like especially with the amount of emails that I handle in a day that like I'm not sometimes like, Oh my God, there's 400 more to get through. Um, But that has like helped me immensely because I know if I like push hard for 40 minutes and get and just pound out tasks, Mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, going through and ghostwriting a bunch of briefs and stuff or like, um, like Sarah will hand me written content and not like need to go through redraft edit do that sort of stuff do we have enough like is this due by the 30th let me handle like all the paperwork for that oh we have a major client who's like a fortune 500 company they need billing invoicing um also contacting each one of their points of contact that needs done so like I get all that stuff done um and then I, I do sort of have like a triage of importance so like the daily tasks okay I hit those first um, long-standing projects. I have like my to-do list. I never think it's helpful to have that like 50 items in front of you. That has never served me. It just like sends my anxiety <laughs> to a spiral. Ditto. So I'm one of those folks who has a, I have a three-color system. It's orange, yellow, and pink. And like, this is, I'm obsessed. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> orange is long-standing projects. projects. Yellow is immediate daily tasks that need attention to, and pink is sort of floating in the ether. Has anyone given me an idea as to a due date for this, but I know it needs to happen, and eventually this is going to be my responsibility. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I try to always, like, attack the yellow first out of the gate in the morning, then at the end of the day and afternoon, because it's usually sort of like... LA is picking up because every rep over there is like, hello, by the way, but all these auditions have come out, but the East coast is like tending to get a little quieter. Mm -hmm. I can start um, really attacking the stuff that have a further out deadline. 
Okay. And towards the evening is my pink stuff. It's okay. my like, let me add like 10 minutes here where I can touch on this. Let me do another 15 to 20 here. Um, if anyone sees me tweet, like my frequent tweet is, oh, what email answering movie am I watching right now? <laughs> Usually <laughs> something like that. Um, and I think people, um, and schedule send is my like greatest friend. It never lets anyone know that my idea of work-life balance is non-existent <laughs> so I can write emails in batches at 2 30 in the morning and just send them <laughs> I I also really value a schedule send not because I write them at 2 30 in the morning but because I don't like people to re if it's at the end of the day I don't really want a response back that I feel like I need to look at so I will yeah. I will often schedule send things for the next day for when mm -hmm. I'm going to be around my computer again and I schedule send things for my reps um, to go off um, later after, later morning on Tuesdays because it just feels like Tuesday is a day where like it's not brand new right. but also it's not Friday <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's not Monday where everyone is sort of cranky like my least favorite thing is like when someone sends something that I'm like this is a Tuesday email it, <laughs> <laughs> there is such a vibe also did you know that statistically speaking emails get open to more on Tuesdays than any other day <clears throat> No, I did not, but that makes a lot of sense because there's certainly stuff that I'm like, you are a ticking time bomb. And I don't want to deal with you. Okay. <laughs> Especially on a Monday. Do yeah. you, um, for your work stuff, do you make a, a guide of like how you're going to go through your day in the morning or the night before? I'm fascinated by this process. Yes. So, because I generally also have a personal morning routine. Mm -hmm. um, which we'll get is into like, that. Yes. So I'm very big into like, personal morning routine like that has to happen so I know um, especially if I schedule send those emails is I try to batch all of the responses that need to get out tomorrow morning I'll schedule send those and have those done um, I have a scheduled email that needs to go out to um, Sarah so mm -hmm. that has to be done and, I, and what will happen is in the morning I check just make sure no one has sent me anything crazy no one has revised audition pages um, nobody has 911 me overnight with like, oh my God, Steven Spielberg needs me for this. Yeah, <laughs> yes. nothing crazy. <laughs> just to make sure nothing has exploded. And oftentimes it does. Um, and I just, <laughs> like, I just take like 10, 15 minutes and do that. So like, that's my sort of thing. Overnight, I'll set up the schedule email. Just make sure everyone who had sort of a like, I need a, like, I need a deliverable tomorrow handled. Mm -hmm. If it's something that like, that comes in at five, that's a lie. If there's something that comes in at 7.30 and I'm like, you, sir or madam, can wait till the morning, mm -hmm. they wait. But okay. anything that has like an immediate deliverable that must be out and done by 9 a.m. Eastern, that's done. But otherwise, okay. yeah, that like, that is my sort of like end of the evening. And I also like to do like, here are the top three tasks of tomorrow, just so my brain is empty because I am someone who will sort of keep walking back and forth in the apartment going, did you email her? <laughs> Should I just do it now? Yeah, should I do it now? Because you keep thinking about it. So should I do it? So I like to at least dump the task on a piece of paper. And it's helpful for me because then I feel like when I sit down the next day, um, I'm not going, oh my God, I have so much to do today, but I don't know what it is. Um, mm -hmm. And I can just sort of build from that list and go back to my color coding system, which is arguably its own time intensive labor, but I think it's organization. So it's helpful. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, anything that takes takes pressure off of my brain is important mm -hmm. to me and worth the time. Do you put everything also in a Google calendar? So um, the studio calendar lives in Google. Okay. So I will, yes. 
use that to schedule my life around or build my life into, but my personal life is built into a paper and pen calendar. Okay, great. How do you delineate between your work stuff and your personal stuff and yet get both done? Because you do, and it's wild. <laughs> so that's where my morning routine is important. Great. So from like 545 until 930 is my time. I'm not going to answer you. I do not care what you have going on. <laughs> do, you get up, do you get up at 545 every morning? Great. Mm -hmm. Or 430 and stare at the ceiling going, girl. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> I like to pretend sometimes at that morning time where I wake up and I just don't move yet. I pretend it's meditation. Yes. I'm like, I'm actually like centering. No, I'm not. I'm thinking no, no. about like a lot of stuff. <laughs> <To> do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that time's my time. So either like I'm going to waver on whether I'm working out or not, but I'm going to because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like there's three personal goals for every day. And that's like mm -hmm. fitness. Um, I do like a gratitude journal sort of devotions thinking very loosely spiritual okay. and then um i meditate so like those are three goals for the day that like i'm determined to get in my day and i prefer the morning because i feel like from after 9 30 eastern i'm a lose control <laughs> of like yeah. personal time um so i like to do that and then that also gives me time for like um oh you needed to email the DMV. You needed to call so and so. You needed to do this. So like I life nonsense. Life nonsense. Try to get that done. Um, I'll also like I'm the person who's like, oh, I have a blood draw. I'm doing it at eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you're you're the first in line person. First in line. And I never was a morning person until I realized that um, I was losing too much of my time, like my time, um, and I couldn't take it. So mm -hmm. I just was like, let me find a block of time where like. No one has any claim to it. There's no real reason that anyone should be like, no real business reason someone should be harassing or haranguing during those hours. So yeah. um, that's my time. And that's when I handle like most of my personal and business stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it takes all of my power not to text friends in that sort of <laughs> weird. I strongly yeah. believe that if the year is 2020 and you don't turn your phone on airplane mode to go to bed, you deserve whatever text ping you shall get. I don't, there are so many options. There's do not disturb. There's silence. Just turn your phone off. If you wake up from a text to me, you're welcome. Right. And it's going to be positive. Like I'm not going to say any sort of like negativity bomb on you. Right. But, but yeah. don't you wish you're probably just like me. I am dreaming of the day that there's a schedule send and a snooze button for text messages. <laughs> That is my dream because people will say to me, hey, I text you. And I'm like, that's cool. At present, I have 196 text messages. <laughs> so <laughs> try again. <laughs> I tell people that when they want to text me something or when people send me long um, Instagram things, I'm like, will you email this to me? So I remember because I can snooze it to pop back up when it's convenient because I can't yes, do that. I can't I'll do lose it. it. I'll lose it. It's gone. No, I Come on, iMessage. Yeah, go. let's get to it. There's no reason that shouldn't exist yet. No. Yeah. None whatsoever. I have a Anna uh, who works at the studio and is a friend. Oh, I love Anna. She, yeah, she will absolutely text me and say, hey, I sent something to your personal email <laughs> just to be like, hey, girl, I know you inundated. So <laughs> it's so nice. There's a reason you guys work together. <laughs> yes. And it's like perfect. It's beautiful. So yeah. <laughs> um, when do you do your actor stuff? Because you work all the time. I do. Um, this last uh, shoot that I did was the first time I did not bring my laptop to set with me and work um, in between. 
um, just because it wasn't, it was not feasible. Um, so that was like, what? Um, so my goal before any shoot, and I have, and we all have our sort of shoot rituals. Mm-hmm. My additional shoot ritual is um, I do a bunch of front loading prep so that like everything is addressed. Um, I sort of book out, but I'm not really in like a book out position. Mm-hmm. So um, I try and get as much done as possible. And then when I wrap is when most people start to get emails back from me during the day. Um, but yeah, it's an, it's like a very interesting balance. I love folks who are like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm in between takes. What is it that you need? <laughs> is it an emergency? I can help you one second. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's, it's great in the sense that like, I'm never overly like, oh my God, am I having a good day on set? Cause I'm like, I gotta be an actor and I gotta be um, that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always been nice to me. I never have had that worry of like, my sole focus is acting. How, how do you, which is, by, by the way, hold on. Can you say that one more time? Cause I just skimmed <laughs> over it, but I think it's important. Yeah, I, I am, the reason why I am such a stickler for like a full-time job is my sole focus is not acting. And why is that important or beneficial to you? Because that is such a cool thing to hear. I just like, and I'm guilty of this, so I'm in no way condemning anyone, but the actor obsessive brain is like wild. (laughs) So wild. There's so little that we can control. There is so little that operates on our timeline. Um, If I have the full full force of this type a overachiever brain on like moving my acting career forward I'll lose it like I I will absolutely lose it like do I have like dedicated initiatives from my acting career do I have reps who I think are incredible and amazing who get responses from me my auditions are never late like am I like 100% the person who researches before every single audition I show up to set prepared I do all the work yes 100% but look if you ask me what I'm doing this weekend, it is not filling out my actor one sheet. It is, I'm going to read a book, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm not going to like skim the trades or anything crazy. Um, yeah, I just, I sort of had a, a like a weird moment of, I had visited yet another career coach early on. who was like, every day I drop in the bucket. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> because I had done like my 15th spreadsheet of like agents I had submitted to and casting directors did that and I was just doing too much just way too much and I realized that I really liked having a job Um, I liked choosing jobs that were within the industry or on the periphery some way Mm -hmm. Um, that way I still could keep my finger on the pulse but at the same time it was my job and it was a business and I still needed to like show up and do that every day um that has always been sort of like my like if you want sanity and balance find a job and like be also a human who has a job Mm. I hope that so many actors hear that because that is so important unfortunately I've made my side hobby like we were talking about before talking about acting so I don't escape very often but I do think that this is so important I think was there a certain thing that shifted this for you was it that seeing yet another person doing yet another thing, just like spinning your wheels out? Yeah, I mean, so someone told me this, and 
I don't, I, I like the advice kind of like mess with my brain. They were like, once you book your first job, it's all downhill from there. And I was like, what 1930s actor was that? <laughs> like, and it like was just like going in my brain. And I still so was like, I was at a career coach and I was like, I just don't understand like what I need else I need to do and blah, 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 blah. And she was like, well, make a list and like make your targets. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, well, I've already done that. And I don't want to do like a 50th iteration of this and keep like serial killer, like stalking the <laughs> directors for these shows. So what am I supposed to do if the only way to validate myself as a working actor is like every day I'm dropping the bucket? I was like, no, no. So I, I feel like I left her meeting and her recommendation for like bajillion dollar headshots and was like, Great. no, we're done with you. And I just was like, you know what? I want a job. Like I want a job um, just for a minute so I can get my head on straight. And then, and I had also like, I graduated with a theater degree. So like I come out of that and I had been like, oh, I'm going to audition for um, maybe getting my, you know, my master's. And I was like, oh, maybe. And then I just like, it was sort of like, wait a minute, like you have other interests. There's stuff you like. Um, being an actor is like, yes, obviously my dream job and the goal, but like, I like a lot more about myself than just my acting ability and every acting win. Yeah. And I was like, I'm also really good at like business work. <laughs> like, that's been my like job. <laughs> Why not go like win at something? Like if one thing feels stuck, go win at something else that you feel good at. And mm. it leaks over for me at least. And like, oh, I'm good at my job. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't like me, I'm good at my job. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's clearly lining up. Yeah. Uh, is there things that you do to stay like working in between if, if for example times when you're not getting auditions and stuff like that yes I love reading with other actors um I don't care what anyone says like you can be like oh step away from like no I love reading with actors of my who are in my same type category I love reading with actors who are not in my same type category I think it is incredibly helpful um I started coaching this year and I love it I coach at Mornell Studios and I like there's no better feeling than when I see another actor just get it and I'm like oh my gosh did we just have fun in an hour session that was incredible you were stressed you were worried and I had a great time do we have a great time that is like that's the topper for me and it helps so much because then when I pick up something my brain is sort of already auto-tuned to just be like don't do that mm, you can do that mm, I like that that works um, so it just, it has increased the speed with which I can sort of pick up an audition and move mm -hmm. through it. Um, and yeah, and then I definitely like my other, my side hustle, like, I mean, it does circle back to acting. So I mean, you understand, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that's our actor tendency, uh -huh. but is I do, I run lines with folks like people who, um, if they're on a show and they need some help and they just need someone who like can run lines with them as they get scripts or they're on a movie and stuff is, you know, moving pieces every couple of days. And I do that with them is sort of on call if you need someone to run lines. Amazing. That's so fun. What happens when you do get an audition? I'm going to rewind back from like having your life mm -hmm. systems in place. Mm -hmm. So you're busy, you're going through the week, you're color coding things, you're doing all your best Marissa things and you get tossed an audition. Do you have a routine in place for this type of thing? I know the answer is probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> great we're all gonna steal it so how do you yeah. do it <laughs> so like once the initial actor high of like oh my god <laughs> like, they want to see me yeah. oh my god <laughs> that once that's like like tapered down to like normal levels of goof 
um, go through, I, I do it immediately, like go through the project. In Atlanta, a lot of the time, it's like there's a, depending on like who the office or what's happening, it's a show I probably auditioned for, so I'm pretty familiar um, with it, which is great. Um, if I am not, I'm an immediate person of like, okay, do I have access to this show? Do I have the streaming channels? Do I have all of this? I got to watch this. So I have to pencil in some time to get that, that to happen. Whether that means that it needs to be turned on while I'm answering emails or it's playing in my office when we were in offices, um, that's going to immediately start to happen. Uh, then uh, if it's not anything that's out or accessible, um, part of one of the nice parts of my job is so much comes across my desk. I probably have already seen it and not realized it. Mm -hmm. I'll go back, start putting the puzzle pieces together um, and building my frame of reference. Uh, is it someone I've worked with before? Just, I start doing all that detective work that helps me as an actor sort of put things together. Mm -hmm. um, and I will be honest, my very last um, thing is like learn the lines because that pretty much so clicks because I read through it several times, gonna read through it, gonna read through it, and then I'll have someone run lines with me. Mm -hmm. So that's like, my last to do. Um, I like to do the choreography for myself. Sometimes I like to prep it on camera just because Atlanta is so heavily taped. So I will probably tape myself reading it and just sort of looking at like what's going to work, what's not. And then I like clear the space to audition. Um, whether that means I need like an hour to tape it or if it means I need two hours because like it's emotional. <laughs> so I do some listing <laughs> and I just need like the headspace. Then I'm going to block it out and um, turn an autoresponder on, or I'm just going to go audition and be an actor. Um, I like to tell all the actors at like our studio, like, everybody who works here is an actor. And you know how hard that is? So, like, if you can give us a little grace, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I just start, like, building in the me time, whether that means shifting. That's why everything is color-coded. If they are long-term projects, if they're, like, things that I can touch on, it just gets shifted. And then, like, my stuff sort of gets prioritized that day um, and that's also the nice part about having a working for an acting studio because people get it and then um yeah uh, and it's always nice because at least for self-tape you control so much so just sort of knowing that like all right I know what I want to wear I know what I want to say I know that I need to get this done can I do it first thing in the morning and then yeah and for me I am not a person who's like oh last thing of my day is going to be tape a self-tape that is always I don't know how people do that that is like always the biggest disaster and like implodes <laughs> something goes wrong <laughs> like, so bad. I need yes. that thing done. to be done by one o'clock the next day a hundred percent they're like it's due on Thursday and I'm like here's it Wednesday at 6 a.m you can have it there you I go. don't want to hold it anymore <laughs> no like what are you holding on to like it doesn't I know life I know things get in the way but mm -hmm. like if I try to be the person who's like I'm gonna take at 10 p.m. and this thing is due at 8 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, something is gonna go wrong. So no, I do. I like to do it as soon as I can. Also, is there any worse feeling than putting on makeup at the end of your day? There's nothing worse. <laughs> I don't think we talk about this enough as actresses, but putting on makeup sheerly, purely for a sheer like 10 minute span of a quick tape makes my like skin crawl. I get so angry and I'll be like within the blush going, I am wasting probably 20 cents worth of product. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was thinking that previously because I was going through my makeup and I, a lot of it, you know, like my on set type makeup, mm -hmm. I haven't touched because my, you know, for self tapes, you can really light that bitch up. Yes. You know, you don't mm -hmm. need as much. Yeah. 
Um, but I have, I have had some makeup that I'm pretty sure it's, I gotta have, I must have to throw it all away mm-hmm. at the end That's of this year. I mean. Right. Yeah. Isn't it all dead? It's dead. It's dead. <laughs> yeah. I like have, I definitely have like an onset bag that I'm like, this is coming with me. And like, like in March, I was like, no, not March. That feels too early. Somewhere in like the summer, I was like, well, I should unpack you. Like, it's just so sad. <laughs> what is left of this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh God. This is so great. How mm-hmm. do you unwind and take breaks? Um, obviously when you're not doing that 20 minute off type task, like right now you're yeah. technically on a vacation week. Yes, technically. So like, let's be real. So today will be um, a slow uncoil of the spring. I'm still going to answer some emails just so that no one has a heart attack because, you know, as actors, I know what, that's the other thing. It's like, I have compassion for actors. I get it. So like, I'm going to get back to you. I'm going to do everything I can to like, make sure we figure it out. Cause I want to get you in. I want to help you. I know what that feeling of like, I'm waiting on 20 pieces of things to happen. <laughs> and I need to get a coaching session schedule. Like I totally get it. So that's generally why I'm so like, yeah. Um, so if I know there's downtime, um, I'm the queen of texting people. Hey, sorry, I didn't respond for 12 hours because my phone was in another room <laughs> intentionally. Yes. 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 Um, I love that. That's amazing. Um, I, again, I have other interests. Like I, I have a book blog that like needs some attention right now. But I like, I write on a book blog. I read books all the time. Um, you can see my goofy knitting on Instagram. Like I have other interests. I love my friends. Like, you know, I'm an ex- sorority girl so like my sorority sisters all have like non-acting lives so like they have yes. interesting stuff to let me know about they have like children and homes and I'm like oh what is so real lovely life like? <laughs> yeah like, my best friend is a lawyer like, she's like I'm like tell me more I know? advocate for everyone so. to have actor friends and also have normal people friends because nothing makes you feel less crazy because the lawyers when they take their time off they might answer some emails but they're not thinking about lawyering no no we are the only people who I like legitimately have had the conversation of do you think I should go out of town what if I get an audition and I'm like I get it I totally get it because I have been in Hawaii (laughs) and had to self-tape you know (laughs) same same been terrible (laughs) so like or the moment you like get on the airplane and then like the audition pings through as you're taking off yes I I live this life but I just, again, think there is something so inherently valuable in being like, I got to go. Um, I, I have a life. I like it. So that is my like wind down stuff. And I meditate. I like that woo-woo stuff. I, that, mm-hmm. like, I like the brain. Um, is there an I'm app you use or anything like that? No, um, not really. Like Headspace is great. I love Insight Timer for all the free options. And if you're sort of like um, looking for something specific, you can search it and they might have a great guided meditation. I'm someone who needs someone to talk. So like, so you don't spiral. I totally get it. Yeah. Cause then I'm sort of like, Oh God, did I do that? What happened? <laughs> hey, should I call her? Yeah. Then it's <laughs> you know who I think hates me? <laughs> just like yeah, your oh mind just like wanders. Did I insult her when I had the phone that time? <laughs> <laughs> like four months ago. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like person. what happened today. Yeah. No, never. <laughs> yeah. So like Insight Timer is great. I have like, I think I have Gabby Bernstein's like miracle membership and she'll have like something for the month or you can search through her stuff and that stuff feels great. Um, but yeah. And then fitness, like I'm like diet culture go away, but like I 
so much enjoy. I started like, um, well, can't get into my bougie gym spaces right now. Yeah. But or I won't. I mean, you can, but I won't be. But um, I love lifting. I love um, I love working out, and that sort of like I don't know, like the endorphins, man. <laughs> like what is it in legal bond like happy people don't kill people happy like, people don't yes. kill their husbands <laughs> yes like yeah. yes 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 um so I'm I'm definitely a fan of that like I there's many a time where I sign up from our sign off from our staff meeting and being like bye I have to go on my quarantine walk like <laughs> yeah. game changers oh mm-hmm. I, this is so lovely. I feel like I'm learning so much about my productivity and like being told that I get to relax too at the same time. Um, let's finish this off with what you wish actors knew as someone who works the back end of a very popular acting studio. Um, we tend to get a little myopic when we're thinking about ourselves and our auditions and getting a little, um, my priorities come first and the world comes second. Uh, at least I do. Uh, so let's talk about what you wish because you handle a lot of emails. You schedule uh, coachings and sessions and classes and all these things. So let's give some actors some solid lessons on engaging with a quality acting studio. Yes. Number one, I already know the project you're auditioning for. You do not have to explain to me the world of auditioning. Please do not explain to me what a call sheet is. I got you. I got your back. More often than not, I've probably spoken to your rep already or frequently casting. (laughs) So I've got your back. I'm going to also, I know what it is to be an actor. I think so often actors have been scammed, defrauded, had something horrible happen to them or beat down by a coach, a teacher, a casting director. Right. Heck, another actor. And I think they just like have to put this sort of posturing on of like, I'm important. And like you said, me first, this myopic worldview. And I'm like, no, well, like, look, we get it. We work with working actors. If you have an audition, just know that like there are people out there who still give a crap about actors. Um, So let's lead with Grace. I get a lot of like sort of demanding emails where they don't get an answer back within like five seconds. And And I tell people this all the time. Actually, the longer it takes for me to email you back, the better because it means I've asked another actor to sort of like switch with you or I have been trying to like build in more time to get you in for your session. And so I wish more actors knew that there are, there are people who have their back and how to recognize that um, and to do more of like searching for places and spaces where other actors have their back instead of signing up just because of like they think there's a person of authority or things like that. I think more often than not, it should be, do I respect these people? Do I feel comfortable here? Is this where I feel like I haven't experienced the most growth? I think that's a lot more important than any sort of cachet or like, oh my God, the name is huge. It doesn't serve you. I've done all of those things. I did all the places you're supposed to have your on your resume. Yeah. And more often than not, it was the people that some folks like hadn't heard of that provided the most growth for me. So I wish more actors knew that. Um, also, I wish more actors knew how many of the reps are rooting for them. Like, yeah. like, there are so many great managers who I deal with who are like, you know, she's so close. She's so close. I really want her to, you know, just like get some help and support on this. She's so close. Like, that's a conversation I have on the daily. Like, it just happens all the time. And so many actors are like, oh, they don't care about me. Oh, they don't think about me. And I'm like, eh, actually, I just had a 45 minute conversation about you. <laughs> with your but okay. <laughs> 
Well, that's um, so nice to hear them advocating yeah. to someone who is not us. You know, sometimes it feels like they posture for us right. about things. But I also think that it's important to note that like audition numbers are not the only thing that matters when it comes to representation no. by a long shot. Mm -mm. And I think more actors, another thing is like relationship. And again, it's that mm -hmm. like, if the big ticket name for you is what really like turns you on, cool. But I have often found that like, that's not the be all end all for me, like, especially like when I pick reps, it's like the people who I feel like, you know, are excited about me, you know, and give a damn. And I'm like, yeah, really great. I'm so glad that you feel super awesome at that like big name agency who that you jump ship from, but your manager who I used to hang out with and talk to really supported and liked you. The other one, I'm not sure that I know your name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, that's not, of course, across the board. There's some awesome big agencies that like are very hands-on too. Mm -hmm. But I think um, actors get so stuck on like, it's a numbers game. It's the auditions there. Da, 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 da. They didn't give me feedback. My email got like such a long term to respond to. I'm like, and especially right now, I'm like, your agent manager is living through a pandemic too. Like mm. they didn't have a crystal ball. They did not see this coming either. <laughs> like kind of threw them for a loop too. So I don't know. I like same thing as you. I'm like no Monday emails, hit them on a Tuesday. Just like the common courtesy of like your reps just sort of like being human beings too has been pretty revolutionary. I'm really lucky. I love my manager and I love my um, agents in Atlanta and they're just all great people but like I'm like you good <laughs> and that has been sort of the nicest like level playing field of that and the same thing with like casting directors who I've interacted with at my last commercial audition <laughs> they were like hang on <laughs> you know in the zoom space of things and I was like you know what everyone is going through this like we're all in the same boat so I think a little bit of like patience and again leading with grace is so important so those are my things that are like a, your reps are rooting for you more often than not and then mm -hmm. lead with grace because this is this is a wild time and again like you said hopefully when this airs like we're coming out of it but like this has been a long year for our oh, industry yeah, yeah it has really long year so like I feel like if you've you know you've auditioned you've booked work you've maintained yourself you've not lost your sanity like you won this year like you won this year I just wrote an article about the same that's going to come out. It'll already have been out for a while, but this is going out by Thanksgiving about like counting these type of victories. And like, if your reps dropped you, but you realize you didn't like them, you win. If yeah. you booked something, no matter how small it is, you win. If you are um, living through a social political upheaval and learning things about lives that aren't yours, you win. You win. And I just, I, the achievement, I have a friend who's always like, you, you don't, like, I'm, I'm very superstitious. Like, I celebrate the win of, yes, you've booked, but I'm like, oh, we didn't book until the episode airs. Oh. We didn't book until the movie shot. I'm, I'm that person. So. I get it. I've been cut out of a lot of shit, so I totally understand. So, like, we didn't win. But, like, there is a part for me right now, especially where I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad, like, the booking is, like, your barometer, but, like, how much have you learned? How much have you grown this year? Because, I don't know, I feel like this year... I was like from March to November, I'm a whole other person than I was. And I'm really grateful for all the hoopla, the, you know, and you talked about it too, like the projects that like, <laughs> they're like, just kidding, don't need you. Like that's a growing experience. And I'm, yeah. I'm honestly like really grateful for it. So mm. yeah. Marissa, you're awesome. This is so great. I'm so happy I could be here. This is hilarious to me. 
Uh, do you want to uh, send people to see any of your stuff, any specific places? We'll have all your, your Instagram and all that good stuff and linked in the show notes. Yeah, you can see me. I get weird on Instagram and every now and then throw some jokes up there. Not often. Um, I do write about books and I want everyone to read more. It actually makes you a better actor the more expanded your worldview is. Um, so I talk about books at the Ink and Paper Soul on both. That's my web address and my Instagram for that. And yeah, I don't know. That's really it. Mm. Ah, amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks to our guests for all of their insight, knowledge, and energy. You guys, make sure you're following on Instagram at One Broke Actress. Make sure you've rated and reviewed and you've subscribed to this podcast. Thank you, Helena Santos, for all of your production help. And thank you, Maggie Zabo, for your glorious theme song. And I will talk to you guys next week. I will.